You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Stringing Pearls, Part 2. Enjoy. Thanks, you guys are awesome. God is good. Jennifer uncovered something last week, and if you weren't here, and, and uh, Debbie did a great job the week before that. So we're going to get into our Transformers series next Sunday, and boy, is it going to be good. I've just been boiling, waiting to, 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 to share the great stuff God's been putting in my heart. But you uncovered something last week, so we're just going to have a little chat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was called Stringing Pearls, and basically what she uncovered is kind of radical. It's so different than religion, and it's this, this simple truth, that our life is not about how much we love God. It's about how much he loves us. Mm-hmm. It's not about how much we can do for God. It's about how much he's already done for us in Christ. And it can be a very subtle shift in your thinking, but it makes a world of difference. Um, Religion has kind of painted a picture that the Bible is a book of regulations and that, 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 God has a religious system of uh, traditions that we must go through in order to try and please him. But that's not the truth. The, the reality is, is the Bible is a book of promises that reveal to us God's relentless heart of love toward us. That he loves us so much, he gave everything he could give. And I grew up kind of putting the emphasis on you have to do this to please God. You have to do this. You have to do this. And you better not forget to do that because if you forget to do that, God's not going to be happy with you. Mm -hmm. And guess what? I forgot to do that. Oh, no. (laughs) Right? So you run back and you do that. You think, well, it's too late. And you're just, you never know where you stand with God. Even if you go through all of the traditions. Never was that God's plan. Jesus never came to establish a religion. He came to bring us into a vibrant, life-producing, healing, freedom, wisdom, (laughs) provision relationship with God as our Father. And so that's what you talked about. Mm -hmm. And you did it through the parable of the pearl of great price. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was, I said, oh boy, you, you just... You laid something on us that just, it, it'll transform you because most people probably have never heard that. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get into this again. So she talked about the pearl of great price. If you know that parable, it's in Matthew chapter 13. But let me hit a couple of scriptures before we get there because this is just so good. Um, we talked about God's name, Jehovah. Powerful name. It's the self-existent one. It's the one who I am. But boy, if you study that name out, it's not only the one who, who is and it goes back to the verb to be. It really means I'm the one who desires to become known. <laughs> I'm the one who desires to reveal myself to you unceasingly. Isn't that amazing? That, that the God who made heaven and earth has an agenda of love for you. He wants to reveal his will to you. He wants to reveal his love for you and his provision for you each and every day. And, and we ne- we're never going to know all of that, right? But there's some things he's already revealed to us in the word that we should know. And healing is one of them, okay? So in 1 John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4, Verse 9, powerful verse. In verse 10, it says, By this, the love of God was manifested in us that God, not us, God, has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. All right? Not die, but live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. So I want to encourage us to shift our thinking. 
It's not about our love for God, but his love for us. We would have no idea what love really is if it wasn't for him. That's right. He demonstrated very clearly how much he loved us by giving his son. And it's in this that we know what love is. Okay? So I, and I still have to catch myself. I have to remind myself when I come to him how much he loves me. You kept saying that last yeah. week. It's about how much he loves you. Mm-hmm. His perfect love will absolutely destroy every fear in your life. Absolutely. So if there are fears plaguing you, you just need to know his love more. Amen. And they'll go. I mean, they will go. They can't stay in the presence of his love. They can't. It's that powerful. Verse 16 of the same chapter. Chapter 4, 1 John. And so we know. And rely on. Oh, I like that. We know and rely on the love God has for us. I'm doing the NIV. That's a new King James up there. We know and we rely on the love God has for us. When you rely on his love, fear will go. All right? Anxiety will go. Worry will go. And I know when I get stressed that I'm not relying on his love for me. I'm relying on my own efforts to get it done. Mm -hmm. All right? And no matter how talented you might be or how much skill or experience or education you have, you can't get it done like you think you can. You need God. Mm -hmm. All right? So we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Verse 18 says this, there is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear. Why does it drive out fear? Because fear won't leave by itself. Fear wants to stay in your life, just like sickness. It'll stay there as long as you let it. But when you stand up and say, get out of my life now, In Jesus' name, it's got to go. It's got to go. So love has drives it out, okay? Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loves us. All right, Jen, you talked about the pearl of great price. And she said something different. We all know the parable of the merchant who found the great pearl and sold everything to buy that pearl. And most of us, when we read, when we read that parable, we, we liken the pearl unto the kingdom of God and that we give everything so that we can experience his kingdom. But that's not really what we're talking about. And Jennifer brought up a, a different uh, meaning of that parable. And you're, if you read that parable seeing God the Father as the merchant buyer. Jesus the son as the great price and yourself as the pearl that he purchased. (laughs) It changes everything. That God would give everything to purchase you? Did he? Yeah, right? What is uh, 1 Corinthians 6? 19 says, says, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Boy, I encourage uh, young people coming up Mm -hmm. to value their body. Mm -hmm. Boy, it's an amazing thing. Mm -hmm. It's not to be abused or mistreated or don't let anyone take advantage of your body. It's, It's God's temple. The Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God, you are not your own. That's a revelation, isn't it? Verse 20, you were bought at a price. Wow. What was the price? Jesus, right? All right. So God loved you so much, he paid full price for you. He paid a price, the price of his own son. All right. Now, you'll notice, we're going to get to that parable in just a moment here. But God the Father and Jesus the Son are often the subjects of the parables that Jesus teaches. 
If you'll go through, we're not, we're not going to take the time to go through all of them. I'm going to mention some of them. You know the prodigal son, right? You can find that in Luke chapter 15. That's how we, you know, we've kind of headed that parable, the prodigal son. It's a story of two sons. Uh, one's wayward, and he says, Dad, give me my inheritance now, and I'm out of here. He takes off, and he squanders what his father gave him, and then he comes back. But you know what that story is really about? Is the father's love for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it should be called the amazing father parable <laughs> or, or the <laughs> relentless love of a perfect father. You know what I mean? It's really about the father's love, but it's been dubbed the, the prodigal, the parable son. But who's that parable really talking about? God's love for us, right? God's love. God is the father in that story. Do you see what, you know, everyone know what I'm talking about? The parable, the prodigal son. And who's the prodigal? Well, we all, we've all fallen short. We've all gone wayward at some point in our lives, right? But we came to him and he didn't say, well, shame on you. No, he said, I've killed, right. the, I've, I've, I've right. slaughtered the lamb of God That's already. Good. It's time to party. It's time to celebrate. Put a robe of righteousness on you, Hallelujah. right? A garment of praise. You're clean because of my son. Come into my family and let's fulfill your destiny, Amen. right? So there's the prodigal son, which is a great one. There's Matthew chapter 12 where Jesus is talking and they've accused him of casting out demons and doing the things he did by by the prince of demons, by Satan. And he says to them, every kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. And then he he, a very powerful parable. He says, how can uh, one enter into a strong man's house and and spoil his goods unless he first binds the strong man? That's in uh, Matthew chapter 12. We're not going to read it. But are you familiar with that one, that parable? You can read it later. It starts in verse 25. But when he says, how can, uh, how can a man enter into a strong man's house? What's he talking about? Any idea? Because he's setting people free, right? He's delivering people. He's, he's ministering healing to them and, and forgiveness. So he's talking about himself coming into the earth and binding Satan. That's what he's talking about in that parable. He, the strong man he's referring to is Satan. He says, how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods unless he first bind the strong man? See, the devil entered into the world, the house, and, 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 and mankind uh, entered into bondage. Jesus came into the earth and defeated the enemy, mm-hmm. right, and set people free. He spoiled the devil's goods, okay? That's another example. We're going to go through these quickly. Matthew chapter 13 uh, verses 3 through 9, Jesus says a sower went forth to sow. And then he explains that later that, uh, that he's the sower and the seed that he's sowing is the word of God. All right? Matthew chapter 21, verses 33 through 44, he says a landowner planted a vineyard. Do you know that one? And he went away and then he, later on he sent his servants back to the vineyard. And what did they do to his servants? Abused them, beat them, right? Finally, he said, I'm going to send my, 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 my only son. Surely they'll respect my son. What do they do to the son? Kill him, right? Right? And what is Jesus? Jesus literally states that he is that son, that he's the stumbling block. He's the one who's come into the world, okay? So that's another example. Uh, and then we get into Matthew 13 uh, where the, the pearl of great price is. But in verse 24... He, he again says, a man which sowed seed in his, a man which sowed good seed in his field. And while the man slept, his enemy came in. You know that parable? Mm-hmm. And what's he talking about? He explains that as well. Let's take a look at that in verse, let's read it. Yeah. And then we'll get into it. How are you doing, Jen? I'm good. good. Okay, I'm good. still awake? All right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very good. Matthew 13, 24. We're going to read this and then we'll get into the pearl of great price. Jesus talking, another example of, of, of the Father and Jesus in a parable. Another parable he put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, sir, Did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, an enemy has done this. What's the enemy's name? Satan, right? 
The servant said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and at the time of harvest I will say to the reapers, First gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them and gather the wheat into my barn. Now, what in the world is he talking about? Well, he explains it in verse 37. He answered and said to them, he who sows the good seed is me, right? <laughs> the son of man, Jesus. You guys seen that? Verse 37. The field is the world. Mm -hmm. See, God paints, he paints a, a picture with his words. Mm -hmm. and, and the Holy Spirit reveals this to us. Jesus reveals this to us. So the field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. But the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy sowed, who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Pretty cool, huh? Like it. So there we have it. Jesus is the, is the, the sower. Okay. Now, just a few more verses, we go to verse 44, which is the parable right before the pearl of great price. How are we doing? Are we okay? Everyone with me? <laughs> All right. So now verse 44, sometimes people lump verse 44 together with verse 45 and 46, but they're two different parables. Okay? Sometimes people just put them as one, but they're really two different ones. So verse 44. Again, He's, still, he's just going parable after parable after parable, right? And he's playing it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. Now, what was the field in the last parable? The world. All right? Are we seeing this? The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid, and for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Now certainly, we can take this to mean that when we realize that the kingdom of God has been made available to us, it's worth everything. That's right. We give our all. That's right. To, to be in it, to experience it, to know him. We can certainly take this parable as that way, right? That makes sense. And that's a true principle that God's worth it all. Mm-hmm that he's, he's greater than anything this world could ever offer us. But Jen, share another meaning of verse 44 there. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found. Who's that man? That man, again, is Jesus, mm -hmm. uh, consistent with the rest of the parables that we've been reading and consistent throughout the book of Matthew as he's describing the kingdom of heaven. That's he's trying to get across to us. What is this that we are being offered what is this that we are being invited to, the kingdom of heaven? And so he's explaining it over and over and over again. And so consistent with the others, we say the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, the field being the world. And a man found this treasure and hid it. And for the joy, uh, for joy over this treasure that he found in this field, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. If, again, we make consistent, the man is Jesus, and he's selling everything. And I listed last week everything that he gave himself, of his soul, his own blood, his entire self, his deity. He gave everything for us. And for the joy over that treasure that in the like field, ahead, that's right, ahead, yeah. for the joy set before him, what he endured the cross, as yeah. the Hebrews says. Yeah. 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 So Jesus had joy in this purchase, so that fits also. We're stringing pearls already. Yeah. Yeah. So from Hebrews, we hear about the joy that he had before him, the joy that set before him. Uh, he went and uh, endured the cross. So if we understand this as Jesus is the man, the field is the world. It says that he There's went and he treasure. buys the field. So he Ooh. buys the field. What does John 3.16 say? For God so loved the world. the world. Did he not pay the price for the entire sure world? Did. Absolutely. He did. Absolutely. 
But what is the treasure within the world? Just like what is the wheat in, in the same field with tares? So what is the treasure within the world? It's the people of faith, the treasure, his church, his people that he calls his very own. So he saw this treasure. He saw that, don't we know too in Romans, is it in Romans where it says that he foreknew us, he predestined us, right? So he could see before any of us knew him, before any of us cleaned up our acts, before any of us vowed uh, to sell off for him, he didn't sell off first hoping that we would sell all. He, he didn't, he just pre-knew he predestined, he foreknew, he predestined, he called, he equipped, and here he found this treasure. That is within the world, the treasure is people of faith, his church. So that's what we, that's how we understand this parable in light of all the other parables that Jesus is teaching on the kingdom of heaven. Uh, waiter, can we have a dessert menu, please? I feel like we're at a little yeah. cafe right <laughs> You want to escape? So, what you're talking about, you're talking about a love with no strings attached. That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> so, God did what He did, not um, holding it over our heads. Nope. Saying, Look what I did for you, now you have to do this. No, He did not. Now, I grew up kind of. In a, in a dynamic like that. Mm -hmm. I didn't, as I got older, I started to understand that the gifts that were given to me, there were strings attached. So I didn't want gifts for my family. Because <laughs> I knew, I like Christmas time, I was going, oh, oh, they got this for me. I know in about a month, they're going to say, okay, I got that for you, so now do this for me. That's not love, right? Mm -hmm. God doesn't do that. So we're, we're changing the way we think. It's not about how much we have to give. To, to know him or how much we have to do to serve him. It's about how much he did just because he loves us. Mm -hmm. We could all reject him. He still would have done it. That's right. That's real love. That's right. You're doing it without any expectation of repayment. And that will absolutely mm -hmm. set you free. Mm -hmm. This is the love he has for us. He loves you just because. Regardless of what you do. Isn't that amazing? Incredible. And his love is full throttle 24-7. <laughs> it never lessens. It never gets weak. He's totally crazy about you all the time, <laughs> regardless of how you behave. Now, when you get a hold of this, it will inspire you to live differently. Okay? Now let's get into the pearl of great price. Mm -hmm. Now, that last one, again, you know, you could read these parables um, and like I said, you can see certainly the kingdom of heaven is the ultimate treasure, being in God's family, and it's worth selling everything. But we're looking at them from a different perspective. We're looking at it from God's loving us first perspective. And there are things in the Bible, you know, when you're translating scripture, um, that you can see it from different perspectives. There are some things that are very clear. There are some things that can be seen from different perspectives. What's important when you translate the Bible, a couple of things. First of all, that the way you're translating it is in line with the character, nature, and will of God. Mm -hmm. Very important. As demonstrated by Jesus Christ. Okay? So Jesus demonstrated clearly God's will, and he did it in 4D, right? 3D. And in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. So if I interpret the scriptures and it doesn't agree with the ministry of Jesus Christ, I've made a mistake. Okay? Very important to understand that. And another thing is not to take one scripture and, and build a and pull it out of context and build a doctrine of it. It has to agree with the whole counsel of the word of God. All right? So let's go in. No understanding. Now let's go into Matthew 13, 45. And um, now we're looking at the pearl of great price. But we're going to read this differently. Okay? We're going to see God the Father as the merchant buyer. Jesus as the price he paid. And you as the pearl. You want to read that, Jen? Sure. Verse Again, 45. the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Man, that's good. The Amplified says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who is a dealer 
in search of fine and precious pearls, who on finding a single pearl of great price went and sold all that he had. You want to read the Wiest there? Wiest translation. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a traveling merchant buyer seeking beautiful pearls and having found one pearl of great value, having gone off, sold all as much as he was possessing, having staked all that he had in one business venture, which would either make or break him and purchased it in the marketplace. Yeah, that's powerful. So you think of that as God the Father who gave everything he could give to have you. That's right. Isn't that amazing? And I want to encourage you to continue thinking that way. That's right. God did what he did just because he loves me. Mm -hmm. So in our thinking, we're shifting now, not to how much we love him or what we have that's to do right. for him, but how much he loved us. Mm -hmm. And I like how it says one, a single pearl of great price. I think of the different times when destruction was about to come upon Sodom and Gomorrah and Abraham said, God, what if you find 50? You know, will you spare the city? He said, yeah, if I find 50. He went all the way down to five. I, I bet he could have gone all the way down to one. Really, you know, because just for one, isn't that what Jesus said? The shepherd of a hundred sheep, if one is missing, he leaves the 99 to get the one. You are that pearl of great price. Amen. That if you're the only one that ever put your faith in Jesus, he would have came. Isn't that amazing? You know, in the thousands of years that mankind's been on earth, if he knew that in 2016, that one person, you know, in, in <laughs> New England was going to put their faith in his son, he would have done it. Amen. Isn't that amazing? So, Jen, tell us about... Us, us trying to buy. Yeah, so us I, trying to buy. Well, after we had uh, finished last week, uh, uh, a couple of you, several of you actually, had come and said, wow, I'd never heard this parable from this per perspective before. Usually it's uh, taught to encourage us to give everything that we have and to follow Christ, for he is the great pearl. And no doubt, Jesus is the head of the church, right? So if, if we can liken this treasure, this pearl, to the church, Jesus is the head. Without a head, we know that a body can do nothing, right? If the head goes, the body is falling apart. So obviously Jesus is more principal. Jesus is head of all. He is Lord. He is God. So there's no question that true, uh, Jesus is more valuable, if you're going to argue that way, than us <laughs> or the church. So no doubt about that. But why is this, uh, uh, that it the reason that it could not be us. And I think of Isaiah 64, 6. Do we have that, Eden? Isaiah 64, 6. No? Yes. Oh, there it is. Thank you. Isaiah 64, 6. But we, meaning us, all of us here, are all like an unclean thing, and all our righteousness is, are like filthy rags. We all fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. This is our state apart from Christ. All of our righteousness is. <laughs> they are like filthy rags. So even the best that we could bring is not enough to pay for what Christ has done. And for who, if he is the pearl of great price, we do not, we can't afford it. <laughs> we don't have the price tag. We can't afford what Jesus is worth. Even all the good things that we could ever do, the best things that we could ever present, even our whole possession, everything that we have, all of that, the Bible tells us very plainly, is like filthy rags in comparison to who God is. We fade like a leaf. God is eternal. And our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. So we have no standing. We have nothing to bring. And so that is consistent also with this perspective on this parable, that we couldn't purchase it even if we tried. The price is too high. Jesus is too valuable. He's too much. He's too much. So this is why we uh, uh, don't teach from that perspective. And you'll see, we're not arguing about which is right. You'll see as we get along here, which perspective is right and which one is wrong. We're not interested in that because we see that as he has purchased us, 
He valued us. He purchased us. Now we see the value in that and we choose him. All of a sudden we start to become like him and we are acting like him. And so in that sense, we can turn it back around and say that, yes, okay, now Jesus has become the pearl of great price. Now I'm paying everything and now I'm giving everything. But I didn't do it first, right? I didn't do it first. God is the initiator. God had made this plan before we could ever come along and choose him. We did not choose him. He chose us. And we did not pay the price. He paid the price first. We did not love him. The Bible tells us that we love him only because he first, the initiator, loved us. That's so good. And that's really what religious tradition is, is trying to pay for the pearl. That's right. You know, it's trying to figure out a way where I can do enough good deeds to somehow earn my way into God's family. No. Nope. And you can't. You can't. And that's, I mean, that makes it just a love all the more amazing that there's nothing we had that we could give him nope. to warrant what he did, but he just did it anyway. Man, that's just, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's a off the charts kind of love, mm-hmm. you know? So we don't have anything to pay with. No. No, we don't have anything to pay with. And what I love even more as I was studying this is that God's not asking for payment either. Wow. He's not asking for payment. He's not asking for payment. And this has just been sitting in me for so long. I said it last week, but we don't, he did not do this so that we would go around continually feeling that we owe him. He did not, That's not love, make yeah. this purchase right. so that we could pay, pay him back. Uh, and, and that's been taught, and that hangs around in our minds for some reason. But God did not do this so that we would feel like we owe him. And so we want, I want to look at that. Let's look at Romans 3. You have yeah, that, Ian? Go ahead. Yeah, I want to share. And, you know, sometimes it's so easy to understand God when you think in terms of yourself as a parent. You know, do you want your children to feel that way when you give them a gift? They owe you. I mean, that's not even in your mind, right? You just want them to be happy. Right. Well, that's only true because we have learned love from love. Right. There right. are parents sure. <laughs> who yeah. haven't modeled or who have not been impacted right. by the love of the Father. But I want to say again, like Matthew 7, Jesus said, you being evil know how to give good gifts that's to right. your children. That's right. How much more your Father right. who is in heaven. And if you want that's to understand right. God, if you have a thought coming into your mind, ask yourself this question, would a good father do that? You know, like I think of, of sickness is another one. So, so I hear so often is mm-hmm. people feel that maybe this sickness is part of something that God wants for their life. And I said, well, would a good father do that? Mm-hmm. Is that what a good father wants for his children to be sick? Of course not, mm-hmm. right? If, if my child's not feeling well, the first thing I want to do, I want to stop everything mm-hmm. and, and see what we can do to, to make them well, mm-hmm. you know? So go ahead, Romans 3. Yeah, so let's look at Romans 3, and this is verse 24. We, uh, many of us have memorized, uh, I know I did as a child, Romans 3.23. It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Again, we all fall short. We don't have what it takes to pay. And we don't have what it takes to pay what Jesus is worth. But look at verse 24. It says, being justified freely. Ah, I read that, justified without cost to us by what his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus and verse 25 whom God sent forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed and verse 26 to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. I emphasize the word faith in these scriptures because money is not the currency of the kingdom of God. You can give a $30,000 offering today to Highway Church, and it does not guarantee you entrance into the kingdom of heaven. The currency of the kingdom is not money. $35,000? $35,000? Yeah, no. no. It doesn't, not, not a hundred thousand, not a million dollars. It doesn't matter the 
Excise of the gift that you bring to the church today, it does not ensure or guarantee your entrance into the kingdom of heaven. And I'm not talking about heaven. You know we're not talking about uh, eternity. We're talking about right now, entering into the kingdom of heaven right now, experiencing God it, now. living in this realm, living and experiencing what he came to give us right now. It won't be guaranteed to you, no matter the size of the offer you give, because money is not the currency of the kingdom. What is the currency of the kingdom? Faith. That's right. Remember, Pastor Joseph tells us all the time, he says, well, what are the works that I need to do, right? What, are, what is the same? Jesus said, yeah, what, what must we do to do the works, to do the works of God? Of God. And, Jesus said, and he answered back, believe on the one whom he sent. Believe. Faith. Yep. Faith. What do we have to do to do the works? So no amount of money, no amount of effort, no amount of works can, can, can guarantee your entrance into the kingdom of heaven. What is it that, that enters, that, that gives you access? It's by faith. So if you want to do the works of God, believe in the one whom he sent. This is by faith. This is not by any works. So how do we access? How do we purchase? Or how do we get involved? How do we value God? By our faith. Yeah. And what pleases God? In Hebrews eleven six, we know without faith, it's impossible to please him. So if it's impossible to please him with it, then what does please him? Faith. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yep. Yeah. Praise God. God. Praise that's God. So, so faith faith is what God desires. Isn't that great? And that's really what love desires. That's right. So I, I think what helps me oftentimes is thinking of, of God as a parent, as I'm a parent, or also thinking of our relationship with God as a marriage. You know, and sometimes that's tough because we see some crazy things going on in marriages, but I think we all understand what a marriage should be, you mm -hmm. know? And uh, so there's no strings attached to this marriage. She's not married to me because we have a, a legal contract and, and we don't remind each other of that every day. Remember, <laughs> we have a contract, you know? We, I, don't, I don't even, I'm not even aware that there's a piece of paper. There is, but that has nothing to do with us. That's just a formality. That, that, but the, the marriage we have is in our hearts. Mm -hmm. It's inside. And nothing can take that away. You can burn our certificate and all the legal records. And uh, remember how fast we drove to the courthouse? Yes, yes. Did I ever tell I you that story on the day before our wedding? I'll tell you that. Let's take a little pause for this story here. Oh. <laughs> so our wedding was in western Pennsylvania. I was living in Italy and Jennifer was living in Florida and for the year prior to our wedding. So we had to plan it long distance. And this is before mobile phones. So... Uh, so we got, we met in Western Pennsylvania. We had it all planned out, worked out. Jennifer did it mostly, <laughs> and uh, it was great. But we didn't have our marriage certificate, and it was the day before. It was Friday, mm -hmm. and we were how far away were we from the courthouse? Forty-five. Yeah, about forty-five minutes away, way out in the boondocks in the country where the Amish live. Dirt road. Grandma lives on a dirt road called Small Street. What's Small it? road. Small road, and it's dirt. <laughs> <laughs> and you, there's just cornfields. This is not a story. Yeah, no, this, this is real life. Is this is, is not fictional. <laughs> and uh, so we realized, oh, I don't know, it was like 3 o'clock or something, Friday afternoon. We don't have our certificate. So I call the town out in Newcastle to get the courthouse, and we tell them where we're at. And they were closing. I forget what time they closed. It was a Friday, and they were... But they said, well, we'll be here until such and such a time. So we hopped in the car, and I was like the Dukes of Hazard. It was. I just pedaled a little metal. <laughs> and we made it. So we made it to the courthouse and got our certificate. That's yes, we did. And Jennifer was, was pale white by the time we got there. <laughs> but it was pretty crazy. Pretty crazy driving, mm. flying over those country roads. But that's what love does. That's <laughs> Breaks the speed limit. <laughs> no. <laughs> So, but God no. is good. But I think of that with this love, with this uh, faith and love. They just go together perfectly, mm -hmm. you know. So our marriage is not based on what I can do for you or what you can do for me. It's based on his love for us. That's so good. And mm -hmm. it, just a piece of advice. You know, you've heard it before, but don't. That, this is where it comes like uh, uh, don't marry someone with the intention, those of you who are not married, don't marry someone with the intention of, well, if I do this, then I expect that they will 
You know, it's that old adage, don't, don't try, marry someone and think they're going to change once you marry them, right? So if, if I make this sacrifice, then I'll expect that they too will make a sacrifice. No, love just plain old gives. Yeah. It just yeah. gives. And it keeps going, God's yeah. love. Yeah. It's not looking for anything in return. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. And that's what God does. He just loves us because. Just because. Oh, it's so good. Just faith. because. Faith and love. Mm -hmm. And you can't, faith, you know, we use that, it's a great word, it's a scriptural word, but sometimes we hear it so much, we miss out on the simplest, the simplicity of the meaning. It's confidence, right? And this is the confidence we have, that if we ask anything according to God's will, we know that he hears us. Mm -hmm. So when you be, begin to change your shit, thinking like we're doing today, and you're thinking continually about God's love for you, confidence, faith, starts to grow inside of you. Mm-hmm. Just like in a marriage. So when she loves me, regardless of what I can do for her or what I haven't done, or regardless of my driving. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, really, true. Yeah, so, and, and vice versa, although she's a great driver and I'm not. But uh, so when, when that love is happening, faith grows in that atmosphere. That's right, that's right. So if you're having a trouble with faith, if you're like being confident before God, that's a sign you need to, to meditate on how much he loves you. That's right. It comes automatically. Mm -hmm. And I have to, I mean, it's not like it comes once and you have, I have to remind myself daily sometimes, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. This isn't about me. It's about how much he loves me. That's right. That's right. right. It's not about my perfect walk or my attempts to, to be this. It's about how much he loves me already. Faith works by love. Love, yeah. Mm -hmm. And as I do that, it's amazing how the worry just kind of subsides. The fear goes and confidence starts to grow. Amen. Wait a minute. He loves me. Yes. He loves me. Mm -hmm. He loves mm -hmm. me. Ah, he loves me. <laughs> and you, all of a sudden you go from being unsure to being bold and yes, fiery. Yes, 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 yes. Confident. Hallelujah. Oh, God Thank is so you, good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God is so good. Hallelujah. Anything else you have? Uh, just Romans 4, Eden, I believe you have that too. Romans 4, for a little bit more about Abraham, our example in faith. Mm. Uh, it says, for what does, uh, I'm sorry, verse 4, now to him who works, remember, remember we just already cleared this up just previously, that, that uh, wor the work of God is to believe in the one whom he sent. So the work of God is faith. But uh, Paul is emphasizing this again, exampling Abraham and explaining to us in verse 4, now to him who works, not, not faith, but actual trying to earn, works, the wages are not counted as grace anymore, but as debt. <laughs> but to him who does not work, but believes, here's the currency of the kingdom again, where faith is the currency, who believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. There we are. We've just become the pearl of great price. We now have his righteousness by faith. Wow, how precious. In verse 7, it says, Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. And last week I talked about the pearl and how it's formed with a little piece of sand, a little grit, a little irritation. And I likened it to irritations, ir irritants in our lives, uh, sins, um, shortcomings, those little things that nag at you while well, we cover those. We bathe those in the word of God. We bathe those in the promises of God and that knacker, I think it's called knacker around a pearl. I tried to look it up. I didn't know it last week, but knacker, that's what it's called. N-A-C-R-E builds up around that grain of sand and the more knacker there is, uh, the more valuable the pearl. So we bathe those gritty irritants, those things that are... Uh, uh, problems in our lives. We bathe those with the precious promises of God. And that verse 7 says, whose sins are covered. It just brought the uh, idea of the pearl again. My sin, that gritty piece of sand, is now covered with the promises of God. Hallelujah. And we've turned into something beautiful. It's what he saw in us before he made the price, before he paid the price, before he made the purchase. Hallelujah. And that's so good. It's so good. And faith and righteousness. So you said earlier on, you're talking about, you know, really, um, it's true. Jesus is the pearl of great price in one sense. Yes. Where he's valued above all. Yeah. But I thought about that as you're talking. God actually 
chose to value us as much as Jesus. That's right. That's right. Isn't that amazing? That's what it tells us in yeah, the Gospel God, of John. God the Father decided that we are as valuable as his son. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Amazing. That's awesome. Right. Yeah. And just that, and then faith in his promises turns us into beautiful treasures. That's right. And I love what you said. I guess we'll finish up with that. But you talked about stringing pearls. Mm -hmm. And and where do we see, uh, was it HSN or something? Or uh, Antique Roadshow. There has had a pearl necklace on there, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Oh, yeah, that's right. uh, And they they showed, we saw the little knots between the pearls. So she was talking about a pearl necklace. And in between the pearls, there are knots there. And and, uh, what are the knots for? To prevent the pearls from falling off and losing them, right? Mm -hmm. So you talked about the pearls also being God's promises, the, 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 which, are, which are the, um, the substance of his kingdom. Mm-hmm. His promises are who he is. And God wants us to experience his promises daily. This is not about some future thing that we're going to receive, although we are going to experience glory Amen. immeasurable. Amen. But God wants you right now, today, to experience the life he brings. And that comes through faith in his promises. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we learn these promises. It's like putting pearls on a strand. You put a promise in there. You put the knot in. You bind it together with another promise. Mm-hmm. So we go through the scriptures like we're doing every Sunday in a get-togethers. And we grab these promises. We, we put them on a strand. We knot them together. Um, and, and it becomes something very beautiful. Our lives become something very beautiful. And you talked about taking the time to bind together the promises of God mm-hmm. and apply them to your life. And if we don't take time to tie together the promises like pearls, they break apart and they fall away. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess to wrap it up, just to encourage us to think from God's perspective of his love for us, not our love for him. Yes. And that really just sets everything else into autopilot. It really does. We're meditating on his love for us. And faith grows, uh, confidence grows, a desire to pursue him grows. You know, like you don't want anything else when you start to realize how much he loves you. You start running after him. It's like the, uh, the woman with the alabaster jar. Yes. You know that, that example where uh, Mary came to anoint Jesus' feet with a precious jar of ointment. And the actual physical cost of that jar, I think about a year's worth of wages, mm-hmm. It was very, for one jar of ointment, very priceless. And she broke it at Jesus' feet and anointed him with it and wiped her, uh, his feet with her hair and uh, tears, washed his feet with her tears. Um, that's a sacrifice. Yes, it is. That's a, but that's what his realizing how much he loves you, which she did. She was forgiven much. And forgive, love is where forgiveness comes from, right? Mm-hmm. When you love someone, you just forgive them. <laughs> you do. You know, and that, it moves us to bring our treasures to him mm-hmm. and crack them at his feet and say, God, I'm going to live for you for the rest of my mm-hmm. life. Not because I owe it to you, mm-hmm. although technically I do, but <laughs> that's not my motivation. That's right. Because you love me mm-hmm. this much. Mm-hmm. I have to live for you. I have to. My whole life has to be about you now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like marriage. You have to come together. You have to live with each mm-hmm. other for the rest of your life because mm-hmm. the love is just too strong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how it is. That's just so good. It's just so good. So we're tying the promises together, right? Mm-hmm. So you're as valuable as Jesus. <laughs> right? You're a pearl of great price to God the Father. He loves you so much, he gave his son. And uh, as we go through all of these promises every week, make note of them and make yourself a beautiful necklace of them and wear it around your neck. Cover your heart with the promises of God. And those troubled areas in your life will be transformed Amen. by the promises of God. Something you're thinking of, Jen, before we pray? I was just looking for that scripture. I think it's in John 17. I don't know which one. Where he says that the Father loves Jesus, loves us yes. as he loves as Jesus. He loves Jesus. Yep. Yep. So, sorry about that. Yeah, John, John 14 through 17. You are the glory which you have given me. It's funny when you look in someone else's Bible. You don't know where you think <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Where am I? She's got these little ins inserts and stuff. So. Yeah, but that's, I don't know. If We're not making 16. that up. Yeah, that it's like. where Jesus said it, that, that, that <laughs> you love them as you love me. That's right. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this wonderful time of being in your presence. Help us, Holy Spirit, to change the way we think. You are a good, good Father. Your perfect love casts out all fear. Remind us, Holy Spirit, of how good you are. Help us to think not in terms of our performance or how much we love you, but how much you love us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And Father, I pray right now for everyone here. Holy Spirit, there are needs here that I don't know about that only you know about. And I ask your Holy Spirit to reveal Christ right now in every life, whatever the need might be, whether it's financial or at work or in a family situation. Encourage and reveal Christ right now to every heart. I thank you for meeting every need here. Not according to our resources, but according to the glorious riches of Jesus Christ. Lord, when we think of your love for us, we realize we don't have one thing to worry about. Not one. Not one because of your amazing love. Thank you for your love that drives out fear and worry and shame and in its place leaves joy and confidence and righteousness. We receive it all this morning, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.